Sci-Fi for Me Radio presents Timothy Harvey, Jason Hunt. This is H2O. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of H2O. My name is Jason Hunt. And I am Timothy Harvey. What are we talking about this week? Well, you and I got a chance to go watch Doctor Who on the big screen, which um, they've been doing actually for the last couple of years, uh, actually last several years, uh, bringing in the premiere or a special Mm -hmm. and putting it on the big screen, uh, Fathom Events. Yes. uh, Which is a, they do a lot of actual, they, uh, they have a program that covers not just genre stuff in Doctor Who, but they have a lot of other films. We saw ads, and we'll actually run some, uh, list them at the end of the show. They're not genre stuff specifically, but if you are f- if you like film, there's some really great stuff coming out that yeah, you can actually some, go... Some anniversaries. <laughs> some anniversaries. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shake our heads. It's like, wow. But, uh, but it's still, it's a neat opportunity. Some of this stuff is going back in theaters, and if you're not aware of it, um, that stuff, a lot of this stuff is playing in a, in a theater near you. Wherever you are, I mean, the doc- Doctor Who's uh, season ten premiere played in three theaters here in Kansas City alone, and on two different two different nights, and we got to go see it on Monday, and it played again on Wednesday. So it's the Monday after the series premiere, yeah, for the season. But even so, because of course we watched it on Saturday, we were like, we're not, we're not going to wait. <laughs> but we got to go turn around and go watch it uh, on the big screen, and we also it also included some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. We talked to um, Pearl Mackey talked about getting cast in the role, and talked a lot about her character of Bill. But it also was the um, first episode of Class, which is it's actually pretty good coming to BBC America. After it's been canceled by the BBC, unfortunately, um, I got to watch the show when it, with its British run through the avenues that I have, but uh, most American audiences have not had a chance to see this, and I think that it might play well here. We'll have to see what it does. But yeah, it's, I would think so. It's actually a pretty solid show, and it's unfortunate it only got one season. But Well, maybe. Maybe if it plays well in the United States, maybe the BBC will change their mind. We'd have to see, because, of course, the BBC model for producing programming is different than the American model, which we've talked about before in terms of series length, but in yeah. terms of how they actually fund things and, and where that I mean where that money comes from and where it goes is the BBC is notorious for being underfunded. In fact, for those of you who want to cast your mind back to the eighties <laughs> and Doctor Who going off the air, one of the reasons was that the people who were running the BBC and the guy, the, the controller of the BBC at the time, who caught a lot of a ton, ton of flack. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, uh, but he, he fandom hated him because he was the guy who pulled the plug on the original run of Doctor Who. Right. <clears throat> He's also the one who basically had pulled the show off the air for a year and a half during the Colin and is responsible for Colin Baker getting fired. Ultimately, as as I recall, but in any event. Um, he made those decisions based on money. I mean, it was it it, it was it was it, they were financial decisions, and that is, you know, BBC is largely funded. I think the majority of the funding still comes from the the TV license, the mm-hmm. um, the broadcast license that British citizens pay, uh, and you pay it by tel- number of televisions you have. So it's uh, it's a different model, certainly a very different model than what we have. They don't have the kind of uh, advertising revenue setup that we have here, right. which is, of course, a model that has its own problems that network television will 
happily point out to you as they look over at Netflix and Showtime and HBO and yeah, but those are subscription models. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the we've talked about before the prevalence of the big three networks is uh, diminished significantly, and a large part of that is advertisers not necessarily hanging around there because they don't have the reach that they used to have. Right. Right. Speaking of advertisers, mm-hmm. we do have a sponsor for the month we of April. We do. Uh, HumanCharger.com. Uh, their slogan, sun in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, the This uh, device was uh, developed in Finland. It's LED lamps inserted into earbuds. And the the science behind it on, on their studies, they, they have they have reasoned that uh, these LEDs uh, are supposed to simulate sunlight. And, uh, you know, there is science behind it. You get out in the sun, you're supposed to get out in the sun for a certain amount of time all the time, and it improves mood and alertness and that kind of thing. So they figured, well, we take these LEDs and put sunlight directly through the ear canal into your brain. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to increase energy levels and and improve your mood and and that kind of thing. I've been working on it with mixed results Mm -hmm. uh, just because a lot of it, I don't know how you objectively measure because it's going to vary from person week, to person. You yeah. could have a really good week, <laughs> and all your clients pay their bills, and the kid turns in all his homework and makes good grades, and everything's fine with the girlfriend, and the car's working, and you know, and you know, all of these things. And then the next week, you could find out that your kid hasn't turned in any of his algebra for the entire semester. And you know, are you speaking from personal experience at this point? The girlfriend <laughs> falls and rips her knee open, and mom is being mom, and the car decides to do this. And the, you know, and the, when, this 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 person, this hypothetical person, sounds familiar to me. I'm, I'm... <laughs> well, I'm just saying because I because I, I was trying because you know I've been doing this thing fairly regularly, the sure, same, right. same time of the day, same setting, mm-hmm. just to see if I could do any kind of you because know, experiment experiments right, of course, right. there has to be a control of some sort. I was just like. My my weeks have just been so all over the place. I, it might be working. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's Nonetheless, hard. we appreciate having sponsors, and so yeah. we, we, we appreciate having them as our sponsor. So. Now, if you go to humancharger.com and you buy one of these things mm-hmm. at checkout, you use the code SCIFI for me, you get 20% off. Which is so, always nice to save a little money on yeah. things, and, so, and we're happy to help with that. So there is that. Okay, now, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Series premiere. Peter Capaldi's last And I got to tell you, it's, it, the more I think about it, the more it's like, I'm like, ah, I want him to stay. Oh, yeah. I want him I to stay. Too. I mean, I've, I've talked about this before. I'm a huge Peter Capaldi fan from way back in Local Hero, his first movie, his first feature film. And he'd done some stuff. I want to say, I want to say that was his very first film, as because I mean, BBC does a lot of... Uh, BBC British television, um, especially back then, I think it was just the BBC. I, I don't think ITV was around, but in any event, uh, I think that was his first big role. And um, Peter Wiegert and uh, Burt Lancaster, fantastic film, local hero, highly recommended. A lot of people don't know the film, but it's it's really funny. And I was a fan of him then, so that would have been the late eighties, yeah. and. It, the thick of it and Lair of the White Worm. There's a genre pick not to show your mom. Um, <clears throat> Amanda Donahoe and some... Oh, Amanda Donahoe. Oh, yeah. What ever happened to her? 
Uh, After L.A. Law, it was just like she just. I think she still kept working, but I don't think she really focused so much on larger parts. Yeah, but yeah, no, she she was the villain in that, and oh, uh, oh and uh, oh, for heaven's sakes, uh, oh wow, now I'm this is terrible. I have complete his name has got on completely out of my head. A uh, major British actor usually plays bumbling uh, leading men. Uh, oh, Mr. Bean? No, no, Rowan no. Atkinson? No, no. Uh, handsome leading men. Oh, handsome. Uh, bumbling, bumbling Hugh. Hugh Laurie? No, not Hugh Laurie. Um, oh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant was in Lair of the White Worm, too. It's a great movie. It's really <laughs> it bad. It shows you the kind of movies I've been Lair of the White Worm is not a good movie, but it's a <laughs> lot of fun to watch. But anyway. We may, um, we may have to recommend that for uh, for Jay. And oh, God, yeah. Jay no, they'd love that. It, it would the, be a lot of, uh, and you'd have children. to make sure that you'd warn, warn the audience that there are certain scenes they're going to have diff- interesting time talking about. <laughs> but in any event, fantastic actor, huge fan of his. I completely understand he's he's in his 60s at this point. And it is hard to do all the running and, yeah. and the shooting schedule. Now, see, he one of the interviews where he talks about leaving the show is he talks about how you know, you know, we've got twelve episodes, and that's a really rigorous shooting schedule. And you hear, you know, American TV, it's twenty four episodes, but it is a different mo- again. British British right. stuff is different. But it's a lot of work, and the, it's a very physical role. And the older you get, it is harder on you. Well, and I saw uh, was it was it Graham Norton show when he was on. There was mm-hmm. a quote that was that was floating around where he was talking about um, feeling like it was time to go out while you, know, you go out on a high. Mm-hmm. When you go out while you still love the show, are doing it well, yeah. and everything's firing on all thrusters. And okay, fine, I, mm-hmm. I can I can get that reasoning. And of course, you know, three three seasons is about normal, right? I mean, you look at Tom Baker who ran for. I mean, he was an outlier. Yeah, I mean, seven years is is a long time for yeah. a person to play that role, um, and for a show that basically you know is okay with changing its lead actor every few years, which is something mm-hmm. you don't get to do on a lot of programs, right? It's an acceptable thing. Now, the rumor mill, the latest rumor mill, has got. Uh, what do, 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 do. <laughs> nah, there's there's two. Oh, there's two a second names. one. Who's the second there's one now? Names. Okay, so the first the first name that we got kicked around uh, for a little while, and this has been ar- around for a little bit, Chris Marshall. Right, and he the reason for that is he just left the show he's working on. He's yes. been working on, and then he's been in the running now. For American audiences, if you don't recognize the name, if you saw Love Actually. He played the truly annoying British waiter who thought that he was going to go to America and meet American women, and American women would love him because he has a British accent. And because movie logic happens all over that movie, Mm -hmm. and love is in the air, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it works, which is, <laughs> I have news, kids. That's not how the world works. But He just left the show Death in Paradise. Thank you. Um, but he is actually a really fine actor, and it, it's a it's a terrible part that he has to play I in get, Love, actually. I get a little bit of a Peter Davidson vibe from him. Well, he, he, the doctor would finally get to be Ginger. Well, yeah, there is that, so, too. There is that, too. But uh, who's this the, is, who's this the next is one? Report, this is a report from... Well, see, the sun and the mirror. Right. So, so two really reliable sources. Yeah. And by the word, but when I say the word reliable, 
I mean, <laughs> questionable about, at best. About as reliable as CNN. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, or I think you can pick a network uh, yeah, on that one. one. According to uh, the Mirror, um, the sor- a source tells the Mirror, and I take this for what yeah, it's yeah. worth, bags of salt at the ready, that Marshall has already joined the cast and is going to be doing the regeneration during the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. we've seen in the promo for the season, right? we've seen bits and pieces and hints that the regeneration may happen before Christmas. Well, and Capaldi said that he had already filmed his regeneration scene. Right. So that means he's regenerating at the end of this season, and the the speculation is that since we're getting the original Cybermen in a two-part finale, mm-hmm. that's where it's going to happen. And he also, Capaldi said that, that the idea that the regenerations we have been seeing since the show came back are the norm, he said, is not the case. He said there is there are other ways this can happen, yeah. and you're going to see one of the other ways this can happen. So, so there is that. Now, the other... Mm-hmm. One in the running. This is a story over on the Nerdist, and they're quoting. Um, well, let's see. I don't see where the show. Oh, stop! 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 This one. Um, this or and I don't see. Uh, I don't see where they're quoting the source. Uh, a source is fairly firm that. Actress Michaela Cole will be the 13th Doctor. Black female. Michaela Cole. She looks familiar. What is... Uh, um... Recently had a breakout role as the star, writer, and producer of the British TV series Chewing Gum, which is now available on Netflix. Oh. Um, but... There's no source cited on this article for Nerdist. Shame on you, Nerdist. You should cite your sources. Um, so, I don't know. Well, first of all, she is a stunning, stunning woman. I, everything, I hear, everything I've heard about her is that she's really, really talented. And she has got a very distinctive look. Yeah, she, she would does. make a very if we, okay, okay. So as someone who is not, I do not object to the doctor being played by an actress or um, and okay. And and I say something when I say something like actress, I, I, I'd like to apologize for that because the current terminology and it has been for a while. It has been since I was in college. The distinction is everybody's an actor, right? It, it's an actor is a non-gendered word, right? No. But I also am old enough, and this is where this is where the realities of, of generational things run into, is that I'm old enough to also remember when it was actors and actresses. So, and that was the common term. For that's how it was distinct. Yes. So I, when I do that, it's it's. I'd like to put up for the folks who who that matters to. It's it's years and years and years of programming, and you and I misogynist. Well, no, it's it's the reality is is that I'm I'm better at it most days, mm-hmm. but there are times that I'm not. So in any event, as a, as an actor, I've heard a lot of good things about her, mm-hmm. um, and I don't have a problem with I don't have a problem with a woman playing the Doctor, because I personally am a huge fan of the Doctor as an alien thing. 
and I don't, which is sure. why, which is why the, the the romance with companions has always made me grind my teeth and beat my <laughs> head against the wall. But so I don't have an issue with that, right? And I don't have an issue with the, uh, a black actor or a uh, East Indian actor or you know it, I don't I don't care what color the doctor's skin is. That doesn't matter to me. I, Idris Elba as the doctor. Part of me <laughs> goes, what an awesome idea that would be. Yeah. Except that Idris Elba is such a physical presence when he's on the screen the the idea that anybody who any villain coming up the, against Idris Elba as the doctor would be like right i'm leaving yeah. because he's just he's just so imposing he's got so much presence and part of the the the, the neat thing about the doctor is that you, if you can't take him seriously that's what he's most dangerous yeah, we El- saw that especially with the second Doctor, yeah. with the whole hobo look. And so to have someone that physically imposing um, and just that much intensity, I think, would be almost too much. It would, the 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 threat of the villains would be like, yeah, right. But they're going to get up against, you know, Idris Elba's Doctor. How are yeah. they going to win? So that would be the only thing I would say. Otherwise, you know, I mean, cast- this is this is Heimdall. Yeah, yeah, right. cast him. Um, but uh, the, the, but. So I th- that doesn't matter, and I I don't I think as long as the stories are good, a female doctor could be really really interesting. So I don't have a problem with that. But, but. here's my qualifier: is that um, this is I think I think a certain percentage of the audience is definitely ready for it. I think a certain percentage of the audience who doesn't think they're ready for it could adjust to it. I think there's going to be a certain percentage of the audience who's going to be unhappy. There always is. It doesn't matter who you cast. Right. And um, if they cast her, fantastic. I think, you know, like I said, I've heard, I haven't seen the show, but I've heard a lot about it, actually. Mm-hmm. And she's gotten a lot of praise. Um, so, okay. But the rumor mill on all of these things uh, grinds the truth down to nothing. Yeah, and and according to I mean according to the same sources that are calling call, talking about Chris Williams, mm-hmm. they're saying the BBC has said that casting hasn't even started yet, right? And nobody has been picked, and they haven't even gone through the process. But if Capaldi has already shot the regeneration. Then, well, two plus two is four. He's only shot his half of it. I mean, right, he doesn't have to be there for the other doctor to show up. No, no, and and often he's not going to be. The, the actors aren't going to be. Right. I mean, now right, when Tennant, it's when a crossfade. Tennant switched to Smith. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they were both on set. I mean, Tennant was there when Matt shot his. I think, if I remember right, you know, as a show of moral support. But he didn't have to be there because his stuff is already done. Mm-hmm. And same with, you know, say, well, I mean, a, a good example of that was uh, six regenerating into seven. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it didn't have to have Colin Baker there because <laughs> you couldn't have you couldn't. Colin Baker there. So it's, you know, we, we've we've seen this kind of thing before where, you know, you don't have to have them. And, and if Capaldi has shot his scenes, it would make sense that that piece is not in place yet because it's going to be the very last thing of the season oh sure so i or or it could be a fake out and capaldi regenerates into capaldi 
for the season, and we don't get uh, a full regeneration with a new face until Christmas. Because if we've done that before, uh, 10, 10 regenerated into 10. Right. Well, so, I, I, I have... Yeah, I, there's, at this point, it's really hard to tell. I, the BBC has a lot of reasons not to tell the truth in this case. And we've heard the phrase Moffat lies a few times Yeah, in the history. And Moffat has said more than once that Moffat lies. Uh, I'm going to be sorry to see Moffat go, too, by the way. I, I, I do not I have the Moffat he, hate. I think he has fun tweaking the audience. I do I hope well. Chibnall does a little bit, too. Um, you know, I think every showrunner has their pros and cons, and I had my issues with, with Russell Davies. I thought Russell Davies' go-to solution to a lot of story issues was melodrama. Mm-hmm. And it worked. I mean, certainly the in the show was, you know, he brought the show back. He made the show very, very successful. Right. Russell, you know, Russell Davies' formula, and there was a formula to Russell Davies' shows. There's a formula to Moffat's. Whether or not, you know, your mileage may vary. Take something completely innocuous, like a puddle, yeah, and make it something that you will always be afraid of for the rest of your life. So what's in, you know, and I gotta say, I gotta say, what was interesting about this this premiere, and yes, I'm gonna, I'm completely changing tracks, moving away from speculation on who the next Doctor is going to be because we don't know. Um, well, that's why I threw in the puddle. Exactly. Uh, I see what you did there. Hey, I set you up. There we go. Um, is that I really liked the fact that this episode was actually fairly intimate. This was not a big, gigantic threat. It was an individual threat right. to one person. This is not how this show usually starts off. This is like usually it's the earth-shattering threat against the earth or another planet or there's something. This was actually, if you look at it, this was a show about a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it actually, it actually was a show about two, three. I think it's important, the, the relationship between um, uh, Bill and her adoptive mother is going to be important. Oh, okay. I don't know how important it is, but one of the things that we've heard about this season is that Bill is going, we talked a lot of Earthbound episodes, yeah. and that Bill's relationship, Bill's in, uh, Bill's life outside of the TARDIS is going to be an important thing as well. And so there's issue, there, the relationship with her mother, her, her, her mother her who died, mother. and her also her foster mother, I think is going to have uh, some, some importance to it. Uh, the... But the, yeah, the two major relationships are the relationships between uh, Bill and Heather, the girl she meets, yeah. and uh, Bill and the Doctor. And we talked about this on the night after we watched it. I really my my daughter my daughter's gay, so I'm, I appreciate a good story where where you have gay female characters that are handled well. And I like the fact that we you know there was quite a bit of news when it was announced that Bill's character was going to be uh, the first you know fully gay female companion mm. on this show, on the show. We've had bisexual companions on the show. Um, we've had, I think, well, there've been gay characters on the show too, but I mean, in terms of a, not a, as, not as a companion, not as though. a companion and Captain Jack was bi, of course. Uh, actually Captain Jack was omnisexual. <laughs> it was basically, <laughs> does it move? Well, hmm. Doesn't uh, even have to move. Exactly. <laughs> but in this case, you know, the big deal was being made by the press. Yeah. The actors and the writers and the producers of the show were basically going, why is this a big deal? It's just, it's just what it is, and so the fact that the relationship they played with on the show, they, they they never it was never a gigantic. And here's Bill, who's gay. You know that wasn't what yeah, it was. They weren't it's, in the fa- in your face about it. It was this is, this is Bill. She happens to be gay. The yeah. relationship she has is with this girl, Bill. Right up. In fact, the first few minutes of the show, basically, Bill more or less says, "I like girls." And the only other time that it is a verbalized thing 
is when her mother, her, her adoptive mother is basically like, you know, you have to watch out for men. Mm-hmm. And Bill's like, well, that's not really what I'm watching out for. Yeah. And it's it's a very quiet line. And so the the in terms of when I watch a show and I think about how it, you know, a character can relate or or someone, you know, this sort of thing. And of course, you when you when it's family, it helps if this is something that you're not familiar with. You know, of course, my daughter being gay gives me a certain perspective, and I look for that stuff when I'm looking for uh, characters that are out in the world. You know, who characters my daughter's going to relate to? My daughter's in her twenties. I mean, she's in her late twenties at this point, so you know, she's not thinking about that. She's just, I mean, does she like the show? Um, but you know, as as a father, <laughs> I think about this stuff. So yeah. the fact that Bill is is a engaging and she, Pearl Mackey was just fun. Yeah, yeah, it was, so, good, it was a good episode. So the watch, fact that she's, she's got that you know engaging thing that that is a anyway, it's it's just who she is, mm-hmm. you know, and that and that's I like that a lot. But also the important relationship there was developed between the Doctor, and this reminded me a lot as an older viewer, original series, a lot more of like. Ace and the Seventh Doctor, that, yeah. that teacher-student relationship. And here it's very much a teacher-student relationship. Well, and even, even with the costuming, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some of, the, some of the stuff on, on uh, Bill's jacket, yeah. you know, the badges and, the, and you know, it's denim and, and it, there's kind of like throwback wardrobe. Mm-hmm. It does feel like a modern-day version of Ace. Well, and they were in, talking... In a way. And when in, in the extras that we got to watch, they talked about, you know, creating the wardrobe and she and the the wardrobe manager for the show sat there and decided that bill was going to be kind of an 80s clothing kinds of person Mm -hmm. and so just by the default you're 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 playing in the in the world of ace and but it's also not so blatantly 80s it still works as something contemporary and of course now we're at that point where fashion is just all over the place in terms of decade but I, I'm I'm waiting for Bill to pick up a baseball bat, and then we'll know for sure if they do. If Bill if Bill decides she has a thing for explosives, then. <laughs> but I, you know, there's some interesting mysteries that they established in this episode. That yeah, I mentioned, you, you mentioned being earthbound. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've heard that in, from more than one place that you know, a lot of this is going to be there, and I think with the vault that they're guarding, uh, we don't know what's in it. We don't right. know what it is. We don't know how long it's been there. Uh, Bill makes the comment that the rumor is that the doctor's been at this university for 50 some odd years mm-hmm. uh, teaching whatever he wants to talk about. And so he's been there, if he's been there that long, whatever it is that's in this vault, see, I got I got vibes from Seven. Because you remember, Seven went back you know, in in the in the his Dalek episode where they destroyed Scaro. Right, right. No. He had something buried. He had uh, the hand, given, the, the hand of Omega. Yeah. So I'm like, are we doing that? Are we doing something similar to that? Well, what is what is it there? The okay. So Capaldi and Moffat are both big fans of the throwback to the original series. They're yeah. both original series fans. They grew up with the show, and so there's so much about the original series. That is part of their childhood and their developmental years that they love bringing back. A lot of the uh, mythology of the original series came back under Moffat. Yeah, he decided that once he was a showrunner, he was going to start bringing some of these things back because they they had deliberately made, deliberately made a decision when they brought the show back 
to leave behind a lot of the history of the show. Go back to the core basics, run with it, and see where it goes. Right, because you you'd have a lot of brand new people that are watching that have exactly. So no don't idea what so any don't of it don't is. bury them under a ton of continuity. Right. Give them uh, a, a, as clean a start as you can. And in some respects, this season is kind of meant to be a soft reboot. So you go back to the basics in terms of a companion introducing the doctor. A lot of the a lot of the history of the Capaldi years up to this point um, have been set aside, although it's referenced. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still there, but it's that's not the focus. But there were so many little nods to the original show, and so many yeah. nods. I mean, just in the first moments of the show. You and I (laughs) are watching this, and we had already we had already watched the episode, Uh and we're watching it on the big screen, which is always fun. But to see the picture of Susan and the picture of River, and then the cup full of sonic screwdrivers of all the the, all the historical sonic screwdrivers, it it was just it was so much fun. I'm I want to say the picture of Susan being there. Yeah. River, sure, it makes sense mm-hmm. because we've just gone past that point where right. they had their right. moment. But for Susan's picture to be there, I don't think is an accident. I don't think it's a throwaway. Capaldi has said more than once that he thinks Susan should come back. That that would be, you know, the perfect thing is that we bring her back. And I think bringing her back under Capaldi would be wonderful. I do too. And I think if they're going to do it, they're going to do it in that two-part episode with the with the the original. Cyberman. Oh, I would certainly hope so. I think that would be a beautiful place for it. I mean, as excited as I, as I am and about he sacrifices himself to save her. That's the regeneration. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would. I would be. I would love that. I can, as excited as I am. Mm. Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> Susan and the Doctor both combine during the regeneration. And that's how you get a female doctor. Blink, 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 <laughs> blink. Hey, <laughs> that actually could. Work. I mean, that's how you could sell it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, you actually could. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Um, but no, I mean, as excited as I am about John Sim coming back and getting a chance mm. to, I am so looking forward to the master, the master face off. Um, the master and Missy. The both. master and Missy. Yeah. I just, I, I think that's going to just be. <laughs> I could, I, you know, the scene in the Three Doctors where the th- they they look at they're basically just sniping at each other. Oh yeah. Okay. And we had a little bit of that in like pretty much the whole show. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And you get it in the Five Doctors, and you got it some in the 50th anniversary special, um, but certainly in the original Three Doctors, where you get, I mean, just. The bru- almost just brutal insults they were throwing at each other. I can so see that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. Although, I'm not so... Uh... So the Master has a goatee now. And the Master's had a goatee in a lot of other incarnations. Mm. But all I can think is... And this is... this is, It's like, really? A blonde goatee? Wait a minute. Hey, why? <laughs> but Sim's John's... not originally blonde. No, but he's well. He but he was he well. He was blonde in the he was blonde he was or light blonde, brown. He was blonde when he came back. Yeah, but the character as from we the one shot we've seen of him, it looks like it's a blonde goatee, and I'm just like, oh, I wish it was black. But oh well, you know. <laughs> anyway, the little tiny things. I'm excited to have him back because apparently when they when he was leaving the show, um, he was he said, yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll leave with with David, 
And then when they wrote him out, he's like, I wasn't serious. <laughs> and it was like, well, it's too late now. <laughs> We've written you out. He's like, no, really, I'll come back. Really, I'll, I'll come back. And so the fact that they were able to bring him back, I don't know. It just it feels like the, it's we're going to get some really big things this season in a way that without the without and I'm I don't I'm going to use the word baggage and that sounds wrong, but with yeah, I mean, you when you have a character who's as convoluted in many ways as Clara could be. Mm-hmm. You the character comes with a lot of baggage, the impossible girl, and yeah. and all that stuff. And I like Bill the, doesn't have that with her. The moment where he's going to wipe Bill's memory. Oh yeah, and she sits there and says, well, "What? How would you feel if somebody had done it to you?" And you hear Clara's theme mm-hmm. in the music track, and you just know what's going through his head. What was really interesting is so many of the shots. There's a lot of reaction shots mm-hmm. from the doctor. And you can just watch Capaldi's, you can watch the doctor's gears turn on Capaldi's face. Yeah. And there were so many of those where he just, it's like blink, blink, click, and then he goes, whatever it is. Because there's just, that scene, that scene after, after, <laughs> after he's chased Bill out, then right after that scene where he said, keep your memories, just get out. Yeah. And he's, he's sitting there shaking his head and he looks over and he sees you know the photo of of Susan. He's like, "You shut up!" <laughs> and he sees a photo of River. And he's like, you shut up too! And then the TARDIS goes, "Oh!" And he's like, "And you, you know, <laughs> you all just shut up!" And I and like I said, so, like I like I told you after after we were walking out, is it's the three women in the Doctor's life. Yeah. And in many ways, um, as much as the TARDIS is the Doctor's wife, one of my favorite episodes of the show since it came back. Um, in many ways, the TARDIS is also kind of the doctor's mother. And if you look in the dynamic here, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, he, she's his home. She, she cares for him. And, uh, yes, guardian. You know, that's, as, and that's a, you know, kind of a definition of a, mother, of a mother figure. And so you have mother, wife, and daughter. And I'm looking at that going, that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I was actually really, I really, really enjoyed the episode. I was, I, I like Bill a lot. It was just fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to more. Which is w- when this episode airs. This yes, epi- right. episode will, yeah. be the, will be the second episode of the season. Now, um, Nardle, mm-hmm. and when Bill finally gets to bigger on the inside, and he's oh, like, God. "Hey, we finally got there," <laughs> and it was like that was a line for the audience. Oh yeah, because oh well, that like, the, a few when a, is she going to say it? When she a few say seconds it? before when when the doctor goes. It seems to be taking a lot longer than it normally does. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then when Nardle explains mm-hmm. the TARDIS, you know, imagine a bigger box and put it inside a little box. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you know, it's that. That's that's where that second part is where we usually lose people. And I thought that's straight out of four. The, you know, the bigger box. Because I remember I remember that scene. And I don't remember which episode it was, but he was explaining the TARDIS. It was one of the early Leela episodes. Leela, yeah, he was explaining how it works. And I remember him giving her the box, giving her the little box. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, now you hold this box. And he took the bigger box and he walked across the room. He said, now, which box is bigger? And she's like, well, this this one. He's like, no, no, no. The box I have is still bigger. Mm-hmm. Yours just looks bigger. It's dimensionally transcendental. And that wor- those words right. are st- Stuck and and then to hear Nardle 
take a bigger box and put it inside a little box. It's like a straight out of four. And I like Nardole more here than yeah. I've seen, we've had it before. And there was, I I actually enjoyed him in the Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. I was not a his character was a little too broad during the Husbands of River song, but certainly in in the return of of uh, Doctor Mysterio. I almost said Captain Mysterio there for a second. Um, he was he was much more subtle and sadder, which I thought was interesting. And then yeah. here he's got a lot. There's a lot more melancholy to him, especially that line where he looks at it and he goes, "You know, it's just like the doctor did not notice the tears." Yeah. And there's some there's something going on here. There's there's a lot of backstory to this story that we don't know. You know, for the the vault, how long? You know, the doctor says he's incognito. He's He's not, and he's promised not to do this stuff anymore. He's promised not to go gallivanting around the universe with a companion anymore. There's, there's backstory to this. Yeah, there's something. And Nardole is there for a reason. And in the opening of the episode, you get the impression that at least part of Nardole is mechanical. He did get beheaded at one point. Yes. So, but at the same time, mostly, he's mostly robot. Well, by oddly point. enough, I am reminded of. Cast your mind back to the dark ages where there was no Doctor Who on television. And there was a time when there was going to be an animated Doctor Who series put out by the BBC. Oh, right. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. And the Master was going to be a regular character trapped inside the TARDIS. And he was a, mach- he was a robot yes. version of the Master. Yes, I remember that. And all I can think is, I wonder if Nardole is actually Nardole. If he's not just a machine entirely, and that he basically the doctor built himself a companion to serve in the in the because I mean the master, the master in the animated series was going to be it was a flash based series so it was not the greatest animation, but it was really distinctive styling. Right, I think uh, I want to say Derek Jacoby was going to be the voice of the master. They they did one episode. Um, uh, one, one, the, the premiere episode, and then they announced that the, the there was going to be a different Ninth Doctor, and his name was going to be Chris Eccleston. Um, right. But, but uh, so the but the master that was how the master survived. The the only throwaway explanation you got was this is the only way the Doctor could keep the master alive was that he basically put him in this robot body. And I keep looking at Nardole, thinking, is this really Nardole, or is this Something that the doctor went, well, you know what? I need something. I need, I need a companion, but I need one that's not going to die. You know, I, I, right. I, can't, I can't break or can't break me. And maybe I just have to build one. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, who knows where they're going to go with it. But yeah. I, I, I stuck in the back of my head is, hmm, hmm. what is Nardole? That and other questions yeah, remain I'll... to be answered as we go through this final season for... For Peter Capaldi and Stephen Moffat, I know. I'm sad. Yes, but you know, excited too. Yeah, because you know Chris Chibnall will probably be a decent showrunner. He's bringing his own ideas. He'll he'll be popular and unpopular, and Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to what he does. And I'm looking forward to whoever they cast. I have always found something to really love about every actor who's played the Doctor. Yeah, because they always bring a different aspect. To and and if, if it's if it's a woman this time, fantastic. If it's a man this time, fantastic. If it's an actor who's not white, fantastic. Just give me a fantastic actor and fantastic stories. Yes. 
and give me a doctor who can look right at the camera and give a wicked grin and you go, the bad guys are so screwed. You know, I want, you know, give me that because that's what the show's about and, and make it fun and make it scary and I'll be a happy guy. All right. Well, uh, you can make us happy by giving us comments, uh, sharing your thoughts. What did you think of the premiere? Uh, what do you think of the idea of either Chris Marshall or, or anybody mm-hmm. you know, coming in as, uh, as the replacement for Peter Capaldi? Um, there's rumor that Pearl Mackey is here for just the one season, so we may lose Companion as well as Doctor at the end of this, uh, these 12 episodes. So uh, share your thoughts. You can send us an email, h2o at sci fi com, or you can leave a comment on, on our social media. Don't forget, we will be broadcasting live from Planet Comic Con here in Kansas City next weekend. Uh, we will be doing a little bit of an uh, of an H2O-ish out there. And, uh, and, and a then, lot more. <laughs> and, and a lot more. And you can find all of that on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Just go to our YouTube channel uh, and be ready for that. We will be posting all over social media, photos and video uh, throughout the weekend from Planet Comic Con. And the week after that, Free Comic Book Day and the Lightsaber event. We're going to be busy, busy, busy bees the next couple of weeks. We are. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we hope you join us for that. That's going to do it for us this episode of H2O. My name is Jason Hunt. I am Timothy Harvey. And uh, we will be back. Well, we'll be, we'll be live next week. That's right. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2017, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC, all rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio.